The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Stand up on your feet, take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Praise God from whom all. Ah, oh, come on. Praise Him, all creatures. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son. Remember that? All right. Hebrews chapter 12. Yeah. Hit 12. Go to verse 15. Oh, let's just go verse 14 because it's so good. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Huh. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for what you're going to do in the moments that remain here tonight. We pray that you would move in great power. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, We don't have notes for you on purpose because I just wanted to be free to flow and go as the Lord would lead me. This is a remarkable scripture of which we've preached on before, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up. I want to talk about obliterating the idol of bitterness, because bitterness will kill you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, bitterness is going to kill you. Yeah, bitterness can kill you. And so we need to be diligent in detecting and resisting any kind of root of bitterness that would try to get in there. And you need to, we need to be intentional about allowing the Holy Spirit to expose things in our lives. I found over the past day that there was just some things the Holy Spirit wanted me to deal with in my own life. You say, you? You're a pastor. No kidding. I think pastors have more to deal with. God help pastors. Bitterness will creep in and will rob from you, will steal from you, will kill you. It'll kill you. And, you know, you don't always detect when it's taking place or when it's there. Sometimes it hides. 
root of bitterness grows under the surface long before it pops up. And it causes trouble. What do you mean it causes trouble? Bitterness in your life will cause emotional dysfunction and pain. Bitterness in your life will cause physical diseases. Bitterness. Bitterness in your life, and I'm not calling emotional pain or emotional problems, physical diseases, but it'll cause relational problems. In fact, the text says spring up and defile many. When somebody's bitter, it affects their relationships. And spiritually, I mean emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually, it affects us. You say, how does it affect you spiritually? Well, the, the text says there in, in Hebrews 12 that you could actually fall short of the grace of God. That it affects your life. You know, I've found at times when I've been bitter and I have battered, battled bitterness in my life before. And in those times, my heart has gone dull before the Lord. I just don't feel his presence like I used to and that kind of thing. I just start feeling dull. I don't feel vibrant. I don't feel on fire. And, I, and it's usually because of bitterness is sort of creeped up in there. I want you to turn to Jude 4. Hey, Jude. Yep, you're over 40. Verse 4 of, of uh, Jude. Well, Jude, there's only, Jude, Jude 4, there's only one chapter, so it's verse 4. But he warns us of a lifestyle of three types of false teachers. And uh, in the church. And they're portrayed by basically Cain, Balaam, and Korah. And we're going to look at the life of Cain here in just a moment from Genesis chapter 4. But let's read this. Jude verse 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. Can you go ahead and put the scripture up? Jude verse 4. Certain men have crept in unnoticed. Striding to the church so that there's actually people that can creep in that are not supposed to be there. Are you telling me there's people that can come to churches that are not supposed to be there? There's people that can creep in. Come on, you've heard of wolves in sheep's clothing. There's wolves among you. Look at this. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, which is sort of a profound statement. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to verse 11, Jude verse 11. Woe to them, for they've gone the way of Cain. Who's Cain? Does anybody know who Cain is? I remember having somebody come to the church, Pastor Karen might remember also as years ago. And they said, Pastor, I'm a son of Cain. I said, no, you're not. They said, yeah, there's some a son of Cain. I just, that's who I am. I said, stop it. Nonsense. You wouldn't even be talking to me. We wouldn't even be talking. 
have gone the way of Cain, who run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. You can just leave it up. He's talking about these men that they creep in. So what are you saying? What am I saying? I'm saying that basically in church, people will creep in and they have these issues going on. They have the way of Cain. Well, what is the way of Cain? I probably need to do a three-part series just on this verse of Scripture right here. The way of Cain, the error of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah. That's a three-part series right there. Let's just talk about the way of Cain. Because Cain had an idol of what I call bitterness. He had an idol of bitterness. He said, well, I don't have that. I'm all forgiven. Everybody's all forgiven. I just love everybody. Well, I'm glad. But you might find that there's a little bit of... um, uh, When I worked a long-lining vessel out of Dutch Harbor in the early 90s, I got to be friends with the, uh, the, the mechanic. And I think they called me. I was a greenhorn, but I worked with the mechanic downstairs. I think they called me an oiler. I'm, I'm, you know, it's ship stuff. Is that right? Okay, so we're in Seattle. And we are about to, and I'm going to church and stuff, but I'm hanging by a thread. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And they're looking for work for me to do, so they put me in the waste hold oil tank, which is at the very bottom, bottom, bottom part of the boat. And they gave me a box of rags, and they told me to crawl all the way in and wipe out the entire tank. So I'm not really petite or anything. And so I, I get up in there, and I wanted to do a really, really good job. And I'll never forget wedging myself all the way in to reach up in the furthest part of the, of the underlining hull. If a hull is like this, the waste oil tank's the very, very bottom, at least in this vessel. And I reach all the way in, and I want to just get a little further. I'm trying to do my best for Jesus. And I turned just right and got stuck. And if I remember correctly, we're steaming through the inside passage on the way up to Dutch Harbor, and I'm stuck. And I totally started panicking. And I started panicking. Like, I mean, talk about total, you know, like, what is that? Claustrophobia. Like times 10. Anxiety. I just start losing my mind. And I prayed. I said, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And it's like, and I was able to get myself out. You know what I was doing? I was getting the residue of the oil. The oil, I'm of you know, I wasn't under oil. It was an empty tank. Some of you might have gotten rid of the bitterness, and I hope you did. And if you didn't, you can do it tonight. But you may have gotten rid of the bitterness but somebody needs to go and get the residue out (laughs) take your Bibles in turn let's look at at this dude Cain 
The book of Genesis chapter 4 up on the screen, if you will. Verse 2, Genesis 4, verse 2. Then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3. In the process of time, in the revolution of days, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord, watch this now, and the Lord accepted Abel and his offering, verse 5, but he did not respect or accept Cain and his offering. Huh. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Go ahead, verse 6. So the Lord said to him, Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? Verse 7. If you do well, I want you to read this with me. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Question mark. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Verse 8. Let me read this to you. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. Verse 9. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer is, the answer is yes, you are. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Sorry. But if one man's blood cried out from the ground, how about 50 million babies? You want to tell me what that's saying in heaven right now? They don't think that everything's all right? No, everything's not all right. Verse 11. So now you are cursed from the earth, which is open its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Final verse, verse 12. When you till the ground, it'll no longer yield strength to you. You'll be a fugitive and a vagabond. You shall be on the earth. Let's stop. If we go back here, they both bring an offering to the Lord. And Cain brings an offering of fruit. Abel brings of the firstborn and the fat thereof. And it's obvious that God has a way that he is, is honored and respected in a way that he doesn't honor and he doesn't respect. It's very clear. Now, this does relate to the tithe. And so the Lord said to Cain, verse 6, why are you angry? I made my children memorize this next verse, verse 7. And I think it's a great verse to have children memorize and to get into their moral warehouse. 
Because some people don't understand why the blessing of God flows so strong on one person's life and not on another. And the truth is, if you're going to have the blessing of God in your life, baby, you're going to have to do it God's way. And if you don't do it God's way, then how can you actually expect to be blessed? Hello. Is it favoritism? No. God just has a prescribed way of living for him. If you love me, you'll obey my word. If you do well, will you not be accepted? I know, I know so many over the past years. They are angry and they are bitter that they don't have favor. They don't have blessing. They don't have finances. They don't have divine health. They don't have a vibrant walk with the Lord. They don't have an authority that they walk in. They're on and on and on and on. And they wonder why they're so angry at everything. But the truth is they've never actually done what God called them to do or told them to do. And when they don't do what God told when you don't do what God told you to do, look, his word is true. He's just. He stands over to see it performed. You see, what Cain thought, he said he could just bring anything he wanted and it would all be good. I'm going to tell you something. You can't just do whatever you want to do and expect that you're going to walk in fire and anointing and power and favor and then be angry when you don't have favor and angry when you just don't walk in the blessings of God. And then you want to look at God down your nose and say, what are you doing? How come you don't? He's like, dude, just obey my word. I sent you that ugly, bald-headed preacher to preach to you. You didn't. (laughs) So I told my kids. My kids are, you know, in the past when they were little, they get irritated that they didn't get whatever the reward is. And I said, well, look, if you do well, will you not be accepted? I mean, I love you no matter what you do. Look, God loves you no matter what you do. He loves you whether you're going to serve him or not. His love for you is steady, steadfast, unmoving. Yeah, that's right. yeah but you, what you do will affect your relationship with your heavenly father. That's right. Come on. Sin lies at the door. Listen, I think all, every kid should memorize this. Sin lies at the door. I, th- I think one version says crouches at the door like a, like a, like a lion. You've got to rule over it. Abel worked the herds and Cain the crops. Verse 2, Cain comes to the Lord on his terms. You cannot come to the Lord on your terms because you ain't God. And you're not God who forgot. That whole new age movement and the secular humanism would say that you're really God, but you forgot. So if you just remember, then you can then begin to create things. I have a problem with a God who forgot, and I know that I'm certainly not him. <laughs> Cain wanted to come to the Lord and bring him. He just wanted to give him whatever he wanted to give him and thought that was okay. It's about justice, really. There's, there's one way to, the, to God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. It's not, there's not many ways to please the Lord. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But it's very clear that God is a prescribed way of coming to him. You want your sins forgiven? Listen, you can burn your body at the, at the stake. I don't suggest you do that. It's not going to help you. You can surrender all that you have to the poor. You can do all kinds of wonderful acts of mercy and charity and, 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 and do all these fantastic things. None of those things get you saved. None of those things get your sin forgiven. The only thing that gets your sin forgiven 
is the precious blood of Jesus. So no matter what you try to do to try to earn your way there, it doesn't work. Actually, that's good news. I'm not very good at the works thing anyway. Some of you think you're good at it. You're not. It still works, right? And Cain gets angry because the Lord rejects him and he gets bitter. They've gone the way of Cain. There are people that have crept in back to Jude now, verse 4, people who've crept in among you. And verse 11 goes on to say that, the, the, verse 11 now, thank you so much. Oh, that's Genesis 4, 11. Jude, go back to Jude 11. Keeping you on your toes tonight. They've taken the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? The way of Cain is they have their own prescribed way of, of, of coming to the Lord to get favor. And when they don't receive the kind of favor and blessing, they get angry, they get bitter, and actually they have a spirit of murder. If you don't deal with bitterness, it can end up in a spirit of murder. Cain's wrong response to God was being angry. And this bitterness got in him. You know what bitterness is? It's founded on the belief that you're not getting what you deserved. Now, if that didn't hurt, I'm going to say it just one more time. Bitterness is founded on the belief that you didn't get what you were supposed to have. And so you're ticked off about it, and you're angry. And I'm going to tell you something. God is just. It is absolutely one of his character qualities. He's a God of justice. Righteousness and truth are the foundations of his throne. Did anybody feel that earthquake today? I just caught that. It was a sign from the Lord to me. Amen. He's shaking what can be shaken. Bitterness is founded on the belief that you didn't get what you should have had better. You got done wrong. You were just, you just got skipped. That's not right. That's not fair. Uh, uh. I remember uh, years ago feeling the same way, you know, had some things not turn out like I thought they should have. And an older brother in the Lord said, you seem like you're angry. I said, yeah, I am. This ain't right. I got gypped. I got ripped off. I got the short end of the stick. I've been hoodwinked. I've been bamboozled. I'm angry about it. I mean, how could, how could, I had a whole, I could tell the story, you know, of why it wasn't right. And he said, well, let me help you. I said, okay. He said, do you know what you really deserve? I'm like, what? Death. That's what you really deserve. I'm thinking, oh, thanks. <laughs> See, we all deserve death because of sin, but Jesus came and paid a price for us so we could be loosed. Some of you don't. Look, you are the clay. You're the clay. He is the potter. He's the potter. Who are you to say what he does? And come on, all you have to do is contend and believe.
believe and pray and do the right thing and then leave the rest up to him. Cain, Cain's response was based on the fact that he thought he should have gotten something better than what he got. That God should have respected his fruit. We're the same way. We get ticked off and angry and bitter because God didn't accept our thing or didn't give us the bonus or the promotion or whatever. I mean, trust the Lord. All right, trying to help you tonight. And, you know, verse 6 and 7, back to Genesis chapter 4, I I believe that the Lord sought to help Cain avoid the murder. He gave him an opportunity to repent. He gave him an opportunity. He said, look, if you do the right thing, Cain, why are you angry? Why are you downcast? All he had to say was, because you didn't respect my offering, and you like my brother Abel. And the Lord would have said, dude, do you remember your parents told you what it was to tithe? They told you about bringing your first fruit. You gave me some leftover vegetables, bro. And furthermore, you can't bring vegetables. It's about the blood. It's about the the blood. You'll notice there's two different things. The the offering that Abel brings is is a sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And it sets up the whole sacrificial system. Fruit doesn't get rid of sin. Only blood does. And it sets up the type and shadow that moves through the Old Testament on into the new. The Lamb of God that was slain before. The beginnings of the foundations of the earth. Jesus. Spotless. Sinless blood. Was to be shed for you. The final offering. So he gives him an opportunity. And he doesn't take it. And he lets the root system of bitterness fester on the inside of him. And before you know it, he's hitting his brother with a rock in the head. And he murders. Why are you angry? Why are you downcast? I think Cain was filled with self-pity. And there are some that are filled with self-pity. Quit it. Stomp it. Slap yourself. Do something. Get a hold of yourself. You could take your right hand with exceeding force and hit yourself upside the head. Stop. There's four principles here of that we see here in in the life of Cain. And I've started to touch up on them, but I'm back to my notes. It might be worth writing down. Principle one, if you do well, you're going to be accepted. Do the right thing. Do the word. Do the word, it goes well. Don't do the word, not so good. Maybe even bad. The second thing, if you not do well, sin lies at the door. In other words, if you don't do well, then actually you could get munched on. It could get worse. Number three, sin, sin wants to get you. Wants to eat you, desires for you. Satan wants to, our, to escalate our weaknesses, wants to, you to move deeper into your disobedience. And four is profound to me, the fourth thing I see here, but you must rule over it. You must rule over it. Amen. So many times people are like, oh God, can't you help me? He's like, dude, I, I died on a cross and rose again from the grave. I mean, I've given you, what do you want me to do? I've given, and you just wait for the Lord to come and beat up on the devil. He already did. He already did. You have authority. Look, you need to rule over it. 
Some of you need to give yourself a spanking. I'm trying to help you. You need to learn to rule over your body. You need to rule over your appetites. I remember coming to an altar call. I think it was, I mean, it, it, it had to be four or five times in a row, Dr. Morocco gave me the same word. I'm thinking, is he giving everybody this word? And the word was this. I remember where I was standing. I remember everything about it. I mean, I came up for something else, you know? I'm like, Lord, touch me. And he says, Daniel, look at me. Man of God must learn to control his appetites. Do you understand? Yeah. All right. That's exactly what his tongue sounded like, by the way. Anyway, laid hands on me and prayed for me. Boom, power gone. I come up the next service. Want to get prayer? Want to get filled? I was a get filled junkie. Indeed, I answered. Still am. Praise God. Fill me, Jesus. Hit me again, Lord. You want to try it? There's no, there's, you can't overdose. There's no toxic levels in the Holy Spirit. No hangovers. He fixes you, helps you, empowers you, gives you what you actually need. Come on. I'll be right back. I'm just taking a break for a second. what you're so happy about. (laughs) Never gonna leave me dry. What are we talking about? Bitterness and... Man of your appetite. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so I would would always come because I just want another toast, another another touch of the Holy Ghost. said, man of God needs to control his appetite. I mean, by the fourth time, I'm like, what? I think I am. And so I just kind of looked at him. I said, pastor? He says, just know that the man of God needs to get I'm like, okay. I mean, four times, I got it. He, he wasn't saying it to anybody else. 
was my word. And I need to learn to rule over. I need to learn to rule over my life. Some of you waiting for God to come and drive dead the devil out of your house. I got news for you. He already did what he's, he already defeated the devil. And he, he, he's given you power and authority. You're the one that has to drive him out of your house. You're the one that has to rule over your body. Come on, it's not just, you know, make you like an Autobot or an Automaton or whatever they are. You know, just Autobots, those cars that turn into stuff, right? How about a robot? There we go. He hasn't made us to be robots. We choose to obey. We choose to step up and live from our spirit. Hallelujah. Cain had this bitterness. God gave him a chance to repent. Told him, hey, dude, just do it right and you'll be accepted. It'll be good. And then he went and talked to Abel instead of talking to God. He should have talked to God. And he allowed that, that what I would call an idol of bitterness, a root of bitterness to affect his life. Where is Abel? What are the consequences? What are the consequences of your bitterness? Where's Abel? Oh, snap. So your bitterness, now think about this. Think about if you've been bitter and you've stayed bitter or even allowed for a residue of bitterness, what are the consequences of that in your life? I, I, I don't know what all that, some of you might know what the consequences are, but I would venture to say that we probably don't know all the consequences of that. Some of you have anger problems. I mean, you just got a, you got a fuse about this short. And you just blow your stack. You know, one of the ways you know that you have bitterness is, is you just kind of minding your own business. And then, you know, you're there with your family usually because they're the ones that they usually get the brunt of you the worst of you. You're just not going to do it in front of church people, you know. You're really out of control. You do it in front of the church people, then, you know. So you usually just turn it loose, you know, when you're at home. Isn't that terrible that, we, that we've done things like that? So you know you got a bitterness problem. One of the indicators is you're just minding your own business and then somebody does a little certain something. And you're just turn around. And just immediately you boil. I mean, immediately, you know, smoke coming out your ears. And you're just ready to like pounce on that person because they did. What? They didn't wipe the crumbs off the counter? What? They didn't put away your tools, so you lost your mind and terrorized them and punched a hole in the drywall. 
which is really domestic violence. You see, really what you're saying when you punch a hole in the drywall is you're saying that really what I want to do is punch your face like this. But instead, I'm going to punch the wall for now. For now, I'll punch the wall. But later, it could be your face. That's what punching the wall is. Where is Abel? What are the consequences of your, of your bitterness? What's the consequences of your sin? Think about that for a moment. What, what have you done? What are the consequences in your life? And there's a principle here that you can be cursed in the earth with more difficult circumstances. That's what happened to Cain. It says you'll be a fugitive and a vagabond. In other words, a fugitive and a vagabond. Now think about what a fugitive and a vagabond is. Basically, it says, man, the problem you had with Abel and the problem you had with me, that ain't nothing, buddy, because now you're going to be a fugitive. You see, if you don't deal with bitterness and you don't deal with this, this, the, the relationships that you have and work them out and get healing and quit saying, quit saying, man, I didn't get what I was deserved and just thank God that you're alive. Thank God that you're breathing. Thank God that you're safe. Thank God that you, you're, you're in the, here in the earth and that God's given you a millionth. Forget about the God of the second chance. Well, how about a million chances? I mean, all of us should be crispy critters by now, but he just helped us and, and kept loving us and kept bringing us through. You, some of you just beat yourself up. You're all angry and bitter at yourself. You know, Pastor Alex has this little girl, and I'm going to close here in just a minute. It's my first close. Has this little girl. Her name is Ellie Jane, and she walks pretty good. But she falls occasionally. If you take Ellie Jane and just have her walk from here across the parking lot, the odds of her stumbling on the asphalt or kicking a rock and falling over are very, very good. They're very good. And she might skin her knee or maybe, maybe bump her chin. You know, when you first come to the Lord, maybe you think you should be running the marathon when you're just trying to make it across the parking lot. Well, you'll run the marathon but just because you fell over don't beat yourself up just because you skinned your knee just, just get up and and keep going to God keep calling on God keep coming to church man that's a word for somebody in here bitterness causes our hearts to be imprisoned we feel like it's injustice Listen, release people from, from your system of justice. God's the judge of all. It, the, it's the Lord's to avenge. It's mine to avenge, says the Lord. See, when you come to him, he, purchased you, he purchases you, and then you belong to him, right? <laughs> right? You belong to him. Your body's no longer your own, right? You purchased with a price. Well, then, you know, quit demanding that he do it your way. Right? When somebody does you wrong, oh, you need to have boundaries in your life where people don't run up one side and down the other and make your life into days, you know, days of our lives or, you know, whatever that, so days of the idiots, whatever that soap opera is. I was addicted to that stuff. I was addicted not to soap operas in my life. 
in my life. I was addicted to the roller coaster drama of ongoing accidents, injuries, relational problems, money problems, emotional problems, physical problems. I mean, it was like over and over and over and over and over all the time, swirling. I don't have any of that stuff now. And I'm never going to invite it back in my life ever again. Do you have any bitterness on the inside of you? Come on, just ask God. Are you angry about something? Hello? Are you angry? Oh, come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me just share some of these, the answers of how to obliterate, how to obliterate an idol of bitterness. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. And persecute you. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Romans 12, verse 21. Romans 12, 21. Reads, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How do, you, how do you get rid of bitterness? How do you deal with an idol of bitterness? Respond in the opposite spirit. Do the opposite thing. A soft word turns away wrath. Wrath. <laughs> Emma Fudd soft word turns away wrath. <laughs> oh, this is good. You know, your heart, your heart is not safe only by avoiding evil. Listen to me. Listen. If you just avoid evil, you're not safe. You actually need to do good. You catch that? You can't just keep away from evil because there's a cane inside all of us, really. Yikes. You need to do good. The bylaws of the kingdom of God are the, are the, the Sermon on the Mount. Just do those. And you'll watch heaven be released in your heart. You'll have joy. You'll have peace. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, you're good. You're good. You're good. You are good to me. You are 
It's one of those moments where, where it's like a stinger of bitterness was just in me and one touch from God. The stinger was removed and all the pain left. Oh, I still don't understand some of the things that have happened in my life or why they happened. I've just settled it. I've settled it. I've settled it. And then I've said, it. here's what's settled. God is good. 
and God is just. And if I just leave it with him, it's going to be all right.
on me says the Lord I will hide you under the shadow of my wings the arrow that flies at noonday and the pestilence that stalks will not come nigh your dwelling don't be bitter live at peace with one another as far as it depends on you trust me
Because I didn't trust in your ways Forgive me Lord When I tried to manipulate Tried to work my plan And create an Ishmael Forgive me Lord For not yielding To your ways I am the clay You are the power talk to Jesus. I know we've gone a little bit long, but God's doing something here. Come on, just let him touch your heart. If you need to slip out, I understand. Come on, just let him touch you. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, your God. Sing to him. Sing to him. would just go for a moment longer just wait on the Holy Ghost for a moment let him touch from the former things now used for noble purposes God you've made us to be vessels who carry your glory you've made us to carry this treasure and earthen vessels Lord you are the potter and we are the clay oh we yield to you we yield to you we yield to you we yield to you tonight God it's not through some intellectual ascent or through our understanding or finite minds by which we're going to see your kingdom come 
You purchased it, Lord. You opened it. You ripped the veil, Lord, on that night, that Friday. God ripped from the top to the bottom, signifying that the glory of the Lord will never again dwell inside temples made by hands, but come inside our hearts to live inside of us, to abide in us. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Lord, we are earthen vessels that the excellency of your power would be made known the foolish things of the world to confound the wise God oh such knowledge such wisdom is too marvelous for us for we stand in all of who you are we stand in all of your ways Lord we trust you Lord we abide in you we want to remain in you Lord we want to be pliable in your hand oh God I am, I am the clay, you are the potter. I am the clay, you're the potter, Lord. I am the clay, you are the potter. Oh, oh, Lord God, I am the clay, you are the potter. May I never forget it. I'm the clay, I am the clay, you are the potter. Mr. Mike, I can hear instruments and all kinds of stuff. Money, just presence of the Lord. He's here. Oh. Thank you. Come on, just say thank you. Lord, thank you. We obliterate the idol of bitterness tonight. We refuse to allow a root of bitterness or a residue of bitterness spring up causing trouble physical trouble spiritual trouble relational trouble financial trouble all effects of bitterness God in our lives tonight we pray you would completely eradicate it be healed relationships healed bodies healed emotions healed In Jesus' name, we will not choose the way of Cain. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Take someone by the hand, won't you? Um, pretty powerful service, I think. I just feel the presence of God all over this place. Listen, don't, 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 don't stop what he's doing in you right now. Listen, you go home and, 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 and just turn him off and turn something else on. Don't do that. Go spend some time. Let him touch you. Let him heal you. Abide in him. You can let go of that person's hand for just a second. If you don't know for sure that you're saved, just don't leave tonight without getting that right. Just a moment longer. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment. Never want to close a service without doing that. Are you here and you want to give your heart to Jesus? I'm not talking about playing church. I'm talking about getting right with God. 
on his terms. You must receive what he did is he sent his only son to die on a cross and rose again from the grave in accordance with the scriptures. And the only way that you can be made right with God is your sin needs to be wiped out. The only way for your sin to be wiped out is for you to repent and ask him to forgive you and believe on the Lord Jesus that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave. Believe on the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. You'll be forgiven. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus first time or you've drifted and you know it and you want to come back home, lift your hand right now all across this place. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty over on this side. Praise the Lord. Pray this right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin come into my heart come into my life be my Lord be my Savior break every chain break every curse give me a hunger for your word a hunger for fellowship with other believers hunger for your presence thank you for loving me thank you for hearing my prayer Holy Spirit touch right now God fill everyone come on lift your hands to Jesus Holy Spirit fill right Just shifted. Just went a level deeper. Release healing. Freedom. Be free. Fire touch. Fire! Do it. Power God all over the place. All over. Fire. 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 Fire of your spirit. Right there. Woo! Fire! Touch! 
been some things that have not been fulfilled it's like you've waited it's like you've waited and waited and wondered whether there was even the Lord that spoke to you you had an encounter even when you were a young girl the Lord says my daughter though it tarries wait for it it'll not prove false write it down make it plain and watch me move for you are crossing over into a brand new season says the Lord a season of joy and a season of power, a season of authority and a season of provision. I've been speaking to you. I've been showing things to you. I'm going to bring you into a series of dreams the Lord would say to you. And out of these dreams, as they're weighed in your own prayer time and with others that you know, I'll not only confirm this word, but I'm going to give you some clear direction and timing. It just hasn't been time. The time is now. The time is now. The time is now. You're going to become a new person. It's almost like you're going to be born again, again, again. You're going to find a fresh power, a fresh zeal. fresh joy and there will be the zeal of the house of the Lord that's going to consume you you're still going to have that sweet spirit but you're going to be like a lioness that devours its victims in the spirit the time is slip out come on something, something's happening I'm not I cannot grieve the spirit just gonna linger a little longer Holy Spirit
Restoration in your name, I've been restored. 
I've been set free No longer bound My hands are free to move My arms are free to raise My mouth is free to praise Your holy name My hands are free to raise My hands are free to raise My mouth is free to praise Your holy name No longer bound By my past No longer bound I've been set free. I am a redeemed. Your word said so. Your word says go. You said follow. So here I am. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. But with the price, you gave it all. You gave your son for one cause for me to be free. For me to give you praise So here I am, Lord 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 It's no longer bound No longer held I am a free vessel I am a free vessel. I am a free vessel for you to use, for you to live in, for you to rest in. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Hallelujah. Spirit come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's really no way to end a service like this, so I'm not going to try. Go and do a new place in the Holy Ghost. travel through the grapevine of the hungry and people will come from all over where is the house that you built for me where will my resting place be where is the house that you'll be for me 
who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Him who has clean hands and a pure heart has not lifted up his soul to an idol. He is the one I will esteem. He is the one. She is the one. Where will my resting place be? Where will my resting place be? releasing vision right now see her can you see hear her can you hear Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.